Boom, let's go, baby. We are back with episode number three of the Fantasy Golf Podcast, brought to you by the Fantasy Podcast Network. Uh, shout out, obviously, the Fantasy Podcast this week have been hot and heavy. We had a football podcast, we had a March Madness podcast, and then last but not least, got to get the golf podcast out. Actually recording this Wednesday morning, the same time I'm going to be releasing it, so going to rush through this a little bit to go ahead and get it out. We got a nice little segment here for you on the players and why Scotty Too Hottie might just be too good not to bet. And then, of course, we got the Valspar Championship this weekend. I got three great picks that I uh, recorded for you. Again, also this morning, we're currently only at 745. So if I'm a little sluggish in that uh, betting segment, I, I apologize. We'll be better next week. The Valspar was just a tough one for me to you know nail down my bets. I feel like it's a field where... You're going to want to take some long shots because I just about anybody in the field could honestly win it uh, because the you know PGA Tour players of note like a Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth aren't necessarily playing their their best going into a tournament like this. So, um, yeah, we'll get into all of that. But first, I do want to go ahead and do a little self-plug here. Um, you know, again, FanTC, F-A-N-T-C Podcast Network on all socials. Uh, check out also all the socials linked in the podcast description and on other social medias. Um, what else do we got here? Like, comment, subscribe if you can for me, please. I have a, uh, a a monthly download number in my mind I'm trying to hit for the month of March. So if you're checking this out, share it with three people for me. I'd appreciate it. That'd really help me get those numbers. Uh, even if they're not into golf, just if it's your grandparents, go on their phone. If they have an iPhone, go on their podcast app. And just hit subscribe on the FanTC for me, and uh, I'd, I'd appreciate it. If you're already subscribed, much appreciated there. I know we have a nice little following, and uh, like I said, we just want to get those numbers up. want to keep improving, want to keep growing, and uh, you know, as much as we need us to step up our game and do better to make that happen, we also need some help uh, sharing the podcast. So appreciate that very much. But let's go ahead. I'm going to do a quick little segment here on the intro before we jump into the players and then the Valspar. And that's going to be over these new USGA and RNA ball change rule, rule whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, but basically, I just I don't understand it. I know that really they're trying to walk back a little bit of the distance. They think that... You know, players are becoming, they're hitting the ball, golf ball too far, and golf courses can't necessarily adapt. Uh, from a player perspective, you know, they kind of just want to see the golf courses get a little bit longer. From, you know, probably a course management perspective, that's tough to do. Like, it's, you know, not every single golf course is Augusta National. They can't just afford to, you know, buy some property next to it and expand onto that if they needed to. So, um, I, I would say ultimately, you know, I I don't I don't like the fact that we're trying to limit players. I think distance is a big thing. I think one thing the PGA Tour has lost to live is Bryson DeChambeau. Not necessarily that he was going to be a dominant winning golfer, but you know, at the Arnold Palmer at that par five over the water, like I, I think one of the most memorable shots in golf over the last five years is Bryson hitting that bomb drive and then throwing his arms up. So. I think distance is a huge part of golf. I think that it, it mesmerizes young people. We see long drive has blown up over the past five years, maybe five to ten years. You know, the, I mean, that's what people like to watch. People like to see the golf ball go three hundred plus yards. As someone who is a relatively good, you know, above average golfer, nowhere near PGA Tour standards, 
if I hit a 300-yard drive at, you know, my local public course with three random people, they're more impressed by that than if I'd hit three 20-foot putts in a row. Like, you know, they're going to be, they're going to love the putts because obviously, you know, putting is ultimately how you score, but they're, they're they love, like, people love to see long drives. That is what capped it. You know, that's like taking the three ball or a huge slam dunk out of basketball. It's like, now just take the energy out of it. So, I don't like that, but I'm going to kind of go into a little bit more here. I had a couple other points I wanted to hit on it. Um, The first one, you know, like, I guess it's kind of just reiterating, but imagine if the NFL took out, like, the the weight and diet programs for all these teams have become too advanced, and we think player, and that's what's leading to more injuries is these players are becoming superhuman. So we're actually going to, you know, where they're going to work out less, they're going to eat a little bit worse, and we're going to slow them down so that way there's less injuries. I know that's a little bit of a bad analogy there, but that's the way I'm kind of seeing it is why are we going to take away an advantage that, like Bryson DeChambeau, he, you don't just become like that just drinking extra protein shakes every day. He was probably in the gym two to three hours a day to bulk up to the size that he's at. If he wants to carry the ball 360, let him. He doesn't win anyway, so I don't understand what the big problem is. It's it's not a proven thing to win. Look at I mean, Rom's a long driver, but if you look at his stats, his wedge and iron stats are just as good as his driving stats. So I don't think distance is the issue. The average distance on the PGA Tour is 297. Hasn't even cracked 300 yet for an average. I think this is just them kind of being scared of what is to come and kind of just trying to jump ahead of it too fast. Um but uh, two little, two quick points here, and I'm going to get you out of here and onto the actual pod. Uh, the first point is, as someone who, like I said, I'm a little bit, I'm a, I'm an above average golfer. I would say my handicap sits at just around a two. You know, middle of summer, I can get it down to a scratch if I'm playing as consistently as I want to be. And you know, I, I enjoy being able to like watch Dom, uh, Scotty dominate the players and be like, go to PGAsuperstore.com. PG, yeah, pjsuperstore.com, and there's his driver, his golf ball he plays, his wedges, everything. I could be, I could literally have the same equipment as Scotty Scheffler in two weeks if I wanted to order it all off a of PGA Tour Superstore. I think that's an awesome connection that the average bad golfer has with PGA Tour players that they that they get. Like they play the same golf ball, so they feel some kind of connection. If you make them use a different kind of golf ball, you're just losing some of that connection with your average golfer. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, I think this is kind of how I'm going to sum it up before I kick you off to the players. But uh, this is where I think golf and politics have a very common ground and why I think that the, you know, young people are, aren't necessarily seeing the impact I think they would want to. And that's, you know, the people people in, in golf and politics are insanely old making decisions for the rest of the people to follow for their lives. You know, I mean... The USGA and RNA representatives, I wouldn't doubt if the average age is over 50 or even over 60 years old, and they want us to form to the way of golf that they want to watch and that they want to put out. But, you know, in 10, 15 years, they're not even going to be in this space anymore. You know, same thing with politics. You know, Biden's 80 years old. He's not even going to be old enough to know what happened in, by the time he leaves office. And I think you kind of see a little bit of relatives there. You know, it's just old people making decisions that other people have to follow. This decision doesn't fully take place till 2026. I just don't think it's going to end up happening. I think that'll end up getting rolled back before that time. But 
Uh, we got a little political. Sorry about that. That'll never happen again. But I just I think that that's kind of just a weird correlation, and, and I think that I had to throw that out there. But let me get you off to the players. Enjoy the podcast again. Help us get up there to uh, our our subscription totals for the month that we're looking for. That'd be much appreciated. Peace out, everybody. Four. All right, guys, what's going on? Uh, We are going to go ahead and get this part of the podcast knocked out. I'm recording right after the Players' Championship ended. Scotty Scheffler obviously running away with the tournament, winning by five strokes. And really no one was in it for about the last two and a half hours of the broadcast. It was basically the Scotty Scheffler show, which was awesome to watch. I mean, I told you my philosophy going into this week. Spread around your bets unless you have a good feeling about one of the top three and then just put two to three units on those guys because as we'll probably see throughout this season and on this podcast, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, and Rory McIlroy are probably going to be the three golfers who end up winning You know, a lot of these big tournaments throughout the year. The majors are a little bit different just because they all play a little bit different, but the PGA Tour, they're going to be trying to, you know, have their superstars featured, and it seems like those three are just, they're in, one of those three is in every single tournament every single weekend, so, um, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to the players, I feel like the course played tough, which you like to see, but not unfair, you know, an overall 17 under par, I feel like is kind of a, you know, and he was leading by a lot. I mean, if we really look at, you know, 12 to 10 under par would have been, would have won the tournament without Scotty being there. So I feel like that's kind of like your sweet spot. You know, there's some holes where you can make doubles and you can kind of take yourself out of the tournament, as well as there's a lot of birdieable holes as long as you play them correctly. And then obviously the 16, 17, 18 finish on most years is super exciting. Obviously this year, as long as Scotty doesn't put like three balls in the water, he's walking away with this tournament. So um overall i feel like a little bit of the players was kind of taken away i wasn't as excited uh coming down the stretch on sunday just you know due to the fact we kind of you had you knew scotty scheffler was winning he's a proven guy on tour now he's not getting in these situations and choking away you know a four stroke lead with whatever amount of holes left to play so you know you know what it is he's amazing he's you know him and rom probably are maybe even a little bit above rory in my eyes but those two going into the Masters, I might just hammer those two. Because if you tell me what, if you tell me those two are the field, I might take those two on the Masters. I mean, they are so good, and they they seem to be playing, you know, a little bit above everybody else at this point. So shout out Scotty Scheffler, congratulations on the W. Uh, some other names just to kind of go down the leaderboard here. Maybe we'll go down to like top twenty. Any shout outs? Uh, 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 I, I'm going to probably pronounce his first name incorrectly, but Terrell Hatton or Tyrell Hatton shots uh, seven under in his fourth round, uh, 65 by far, I think the best round of the day by like three or four shots. Uh, he finished at 12. He was really the only guy that put that kind of pre- pressure on Scheffler down the stretch, and he wasn't even on the golf course anymore. Uh, Hovland ended up finishing you know, another top five finish. I think he's got to be the easiest top five, top 10 bet. Uh, going on tour he just cannot find a way to close out and finish tournaments even down the stretch he kind of struggled he didn't necessarily finish you know 16 17 18 the best he could have Matsuyama had a really good round going kind of choked down 16 17 18 Um, Justin Rose uh, was up there Minwoo Lee obviously playing in the final group he struggled today shot plus four 
Cam Davis plus two. Uh, Homa had a solid day, kind of choked it on 16, 17, 18. Morikawa had a great start to the tournament and then just couldn't get anything going on the weekend. Finau top 20, Cantlay top 20. Uh, Jason Day sneaky top 20. Shoffley, Spieth all sneaking into that top 20 finish there. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I, my parlay that I had actually almost hit. The only leg we missed on was Keegan Bradley. And uh, on that note, let's go ahead and transition. Let's go ahead and get through these bets real quick that I had placed on the players. Let's see where maybe we, we went wrong. Obviously, number one, we didn't bet Scotty Scheffler. I told you guys going into last week, there's two different kinds of ways to bet on the PGA Tour right now. Hammer your favorite or spread it around on some other guys. So let's go through those other guys. Max Homa. He, he was up around the, the you know the top of that leaderboard, unfortunately had a nice double bogey, or missed a birdie on 16, followed by a double bogey after hitting one in the water on 17. I think he birdied 18. I can't remember what he did because I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast, but um, he was up there for a second. I mean, I saw him up there with a few holes left to play. I got a little excited um, on, my feud, on my bet with him. Keegan Bradley missed the cut. Terrible week. Really, this one just threw me by, threw me by surprise. Um, We'll see the Valspar. I have not looked at the field yet. Obviously, again, recording this one right after Sunday. I'm going to do my betting preview on the Valspar on like Tuesday evening before I release on Wednesday. So as of right now, Keegan might be a guy to shoot for at the Valspar. If he's there, I'd expect a bounce back week. I still think he's playing well. TBC was just a tough, tough test this weekend unless your name was Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Number three, my third guy, Hideki Matsuyama. He was at plus 8,500. And if he he could have really put some pressure on Rom, he was 10 under with 16, 17, 18 to play. Um, unfortunately, his second shot on 16 wasn't terrible. It just went over the green, did not play his third shot well, missed that birdie. Hit a really great shot into 17, missed that birdie, then bogey's 18. But he was basically out of it after you know messing up 16 and 17, as you could say. So, But as I told you before, if that putter got hot, he can play as well as anybody in the world. Really just one round away from even competing there with Scheffler. So another guy, if he's at the Valspar and we're getting some good odds, Hideki might be another guy that I just I hammer again next week. Our fourth and fifth guys are going to be pretty quick. Sahith, Sahith Thigala. Um, plus 9,000 going into this week. He was pretty good. You know, after Friday, I've had, you know, I was hoping he'd have a hot weekend. Unfortunately, the exact opposite. Did not have a good weekend. Really just kind of stunk it up. And, uh, no, you know, no shot after Saturday. So that one was a little bit tough. And then Nick Taylor, you know, my absolute long shot missed the cut. I believe he had a really rough Friday. So uh, rough on that front. But nevertheless you know we're going to be back for the Valspar we're looking for that W so we're going to go out there we're going to get it um but yeah that's our players recap so we'll have the Valspar uh here next for you guys four all right guys let's go ahead let's jump in to the betting for the valspar championship here and we'll get you out on this podcast pretty quickly uh first i want to go ahead and go through the different things that i am looking for for the valspar championship and why i'm picking these three guys that i'm picking this week to bet on uh first my first disclaimer same thing as last week if you want to ride with you know a justin thomas or a jordan spieth or a matt fitzpatrick this week I'm probably just putting two to three units on those guys and then just going to ride them out this week. I think JT's like plus 1,000. He's the biggest favorite. Uh, 
from the public perception, does not look like he is playing that well this year. Uh, but I do believe his stats are a little bit better than you know what you would think just based on the way he has played on the course this year. And then Jordan Spieth at plus twelve hundred. I mean, he was a Marine's knee away from you know not even making the cut last weekend. So. I personally can't put anything on Jordan Spieth. If you want to hammer JT in a weak field, I totally get it. But Spieth has just been too up and down for me, man. I can't. Plus 1,200 odds, I need you to be almost a guaranteed lock top 10. And I don't think Jordan Spieth is that any given week at this point. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's jump in here. Um, a couple of things that we're going to be looking for. Long iron proximity. Overall short game. And driving accuracy are three of the big things for the Valspar. And really, when I say this, it's basically, it reminds me a lot of TPC Sawgrass. TPC Sawgrass Light, maybe. Not designed by Pete Dye, of course, so we won't have to hear that, you know, 500 times on the broadcast over the weekend. But, nevertheless, a very tough golf course. Golf course. Tee shots, you got to have that distance control. you got to know where you're putting it in the fairway. Tight fairways only average about 24 yards across in length, so relatively tight for PGA Tour standards. 74 bunkers. We're in Florida, so there's going to be water all over the place. And then last year, actually I looked it up the last two years, they were not able to get the rough to grow in as thick at, at the Valspar as they would have liked. So they actually have, uh, it's, it's supposed to be three inch rough is what they go for. They said it's actually looking closer to four inches this year, three and three fourths. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, another tough test. Uh, I, I'm expecting probably the winning score to be around 15 under par. I think this is a gettable golf course, some really good par fives this week. But, uh, if you're missing the fairway or you are, you know, your short game's not there, you are going to be struggling, uh, to say the least. So. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into my three guys that I have for this week. I went ahead and went down from five to three. It's just a smaller field, so I feel like you're getting better golfers at, you know, obviously a little slighter odds because there's not as many better golfers pushing them down. So first guy we're going to start off with, Ben Griffin at plus 4,500. Coming off a solid week last week at TPC, and I think he had a solid week the week before. Can't quite remember whenever I was making my notes, but he has been on a little bit of a heater. So far this in, for the whole season, he's 27th in strokes gain total, 17th in strokes gain around the green. So there's that short game that I think is going to be super important this week. My ultimate concern for Ben Griffin is that he is a, a 187th in driving accuracy. Uh, again, this is a course we need to make sure that we are in the fairway. My only, you know, kind of bright side to that is you should be able to take a lot less than driver on some of these holes. So maybe that will help him get those accuracy numbers up. But he does have a lot of what we're looking for at what I would call pretty good odds. I believe, uh, you know, 45 to 1. So again, not, not, not insane odds there. You know, you'd probably, I think last week, Ben Griffin probably is a little over a hundred to one with the field that they had. So again, we're just kind of looking at golfers that have been playing well, or that we have kind of a, you know, that are, our system's kind of picking up on. And, um, you know, that we, we still feel like we're getting good odds this week. So Ben Griffin plus 4,500, he's going to be my, my front runner. You could say, my number two guy here I have is Nick Taylor at plus 6,500. Um, a lot of the same reasons I liked him as a long shot last week for the players, except for this field's not nearly as loaded. 
Um, I think on the players, he kind of got the bad part of the Thursday-Friday turn as well. So he just he didn't have the best uh, conditions going into the weekend. But it is what it is. Uh, he has three top tens again so far this season, although he is coming off of two cuts in a row. So we're going to need a bounce-back week from Nick Taylor. But again, in a field that's not very deep, these are the kind of fields that we can hammer these guys at. Uh, so far this season, he's 23rd in strokes gained total uh, for the entire PGA Tour. I could not completely break it down to just the field, but I believe he'd be second or third in this field in strokes gained total so far. So we're getting 65 to 1 for a guy who's 23rd in strokes gained around the green, 44th in strokes gained putting, but 99th again in driving accuracy. So both those guys, we have most of what we're looking for. We just we're hoping that, you know. We can take a little less than driver off the tee and, and, and put the ball in the fairway for both Nick Taylor and Ben Griffin. But, again, Nick Taylor plus 6,500 is going to be my second guy. I've been riding him a lot this year. I just I think he's due for a win. He's been playing well, and I, I think he's going to get one this season. If he misses this cut again, uh, we, may, we may have to fall off the Nick Taylor train. But uh, going into the Valspar, we are as hot as ever for Nick Taylor. And then the last guy here for you, we're going to have a rookie, Akshay Batia. Uh, if you are someone who enjoys using TikTok and you're on the golf side, I'm sure you've seen his TikToks before. He's posted on there quite a bit. Uh, and finished second last weekend at the Puerto Rico Open. So obviously we had the players and then we had the like sub-event. Oh, it might have been two weeks ago, sorry. Uh, during the Arnold Palmer and the sub-event, he finished second at the Puerto Rico uh, so he's feeling good coming into the Valspar. Um, so you know, I, I just have a good feeling about him. He he kind of he's he's kind of the next young guy. I'm expecting to kind of make a pretty decent breakthrough on the PGA Tour. Uh, he is just a rookie to keep in mind, but I do think that some of these stats are pretty impressive for him. 62nd in strokes gained tee to green, 10th in strokes gained approach approaching the green. Again, this one's going to be super important for me this week. I want to make sure guys are hitting these greens, and uh, if they're not, that they have a good short game in case that you know they were. But he he's actually second on the PGA Tour in proximity proximity to the hole, so he is you know he does hit it pretty close. Fourth in greens and regulation, as well as thirty third in total driving. So we're kind of getting a little bit of everything here with Akshay. Plus 8,000 odds is what you're getting for him. So something merely, you know, a $5 bet will pay you out 400 bucks. So, you know, you put, you know, your unit size, let's say is 10. It's an easy 800 bucks if uh, if he pulls out the win. So I, I like Akshay a lot this week. He's actually, I may end up putting, you know, a unit and a half on him. I, I feel really good that this could be a week that he breaks through. Uh, Nick Taylor and Ben Griffin were kind of just riding a little bit of either a hot hand or, you know, a guy that our system is is saying that we like a lot still. So, um, yeah, I think Akshay might, may have a chance to break through. But uh, I'm going to wrap up the, the picks pretty quick here this week and get you guys out of here. Uh, again, if you are not subscribed to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, we are, you know, I have some kind of goals for this year. I want to get our downloads up over a certain number per month. So, if you can hammer that subscribe button, I'd appreciate it. Obviously, like, comment, all that good stuff. Share with your friends, family. But let's go Akshay, Nick Taylor, Ben Griffin. One of you three pull out a win. Let's get this thing going in the right direction. Peace out, everybody.